Welcome to the Gimme's Podcast. I'm Drew Solomon. And I'm Danny Chayette. This is our fourth interview for the podcast, and we had to continue the momentum from last episode. This man sitting on Zoom with us was a 2017 Player of the Year on the Dakotas Tour, placed 26 at Yankton Hillcrest, scored 46 points, and won $1,000, and was awarded the Frontier League MVP honors as a senior and qualified for the CFI Southern Section Individual Finals, Alex Roma. Let's go, baby! How are you, Alex? We appreciate you doing this, obviously. So much love in the community. You bring so much. We appreciate you. How are you doing today? Absolutely, boys. Man, I didn't even know that about myself in the intro. You gave gave me some accolades I didn't even know I had. I'm going to have to Google myself. (laughs) I'll take it, man. No, life life is good. Um, I am home for a brief minute, which for me is Southern California, close to L.A., which is nice because I was on the Dakotas tour, um, like you guys alluded to, for about almost three months this summer. And that was my fourth time doing it. So usually I'm, I'm gone all summer. And I love home, man. I'm you know close to my family and a lot of friends around here. So it's always it's enjoyable to be out there and chase my dreams. But I, I get homesick. So happy to be home. But just for a brief minute, because I'm actually flying to Italy in three days to play. A, it's not the European tour anymore. It's actually called the DP World Tour. But I'm going to play Q School for that and flying a best friend with me to caddy and help me film. And so wow. it's going to be like a great experience for golf and to hopefully advance my career. But the silver lining is going to be an incredible content opportunity to try to create some like real episode style stuff. Yeah. It's, it's Italy, man. It's going to be crazy. So. Italy. Yeah, it sounds nice. Sounds nice. Yeah. Man. Never been. Um, we just have a few questions for you today, and we're looking forward to hearing your thoughts that you could offer, offer to our golf audience. Um, our viewers Absolutely. want to hear your thoughts. All right. For our first question, how was your high school coach at Villanova Prep? He was cool. Brian Grisson. Shout out, Brian, if you're still watching this. Uh, he actually went on to become the headmaster at my school after I left. But I went to a small Catholic private high school in Ojai, which is Southern California. And he was super cool. Um, high school golf was, you know, I played well individually, but we were from a small program, small school that wasn't in like a big conference. So even though I, I was fairly like dominant at the high school level and high school competitions, it didn't translate to college. Um, I had no, you know, D one offers or anything like that. So mm-hmm. I'd kind of scrap my way through. Um, I walked on to a D one program. It took me about three years, but you know, high school. Yeah. yeah. Amazing. You walked on to a program. That's, that's crazy. And that's a big accomplishment. Thank you. Yeah. At the time, um, that was probably the most proud moment of my life. Cause as a freshman, I didn't make it. As a sophomore, I was the last guy cut. As a junior, I got added to the practice roster. And now at this point, I'm living with the golf team. We sort of had like a frat house of the golf team. So they were already my boys, but they were on the team traveling to tournaments. And I would just stay at home because I, I wasn't with them. And then halfway through that junior year, one of the guys on our team uh, had to step down and that opened a spot for me. And so I was able to play two and a half years, which there we go. really, if you guys knew like my high school track record, I had no AJGA experience. I did nothing that would have validated me as a D1 prospect or player. And so I really kind of beat the odds on that one just with sheer, like, just just work ethic. I really didn't belong in that circle. And I just kind of like forced my way in, which was was awesome. Gave me a lot of confidence. Yeah, that sounds great. Um, (laughs) Whose mentorship has uh, really helped your golf game the most, you would say? Okay, yeah. Um, My coach, George Gankis, probably... I mean, obviously he's helped me with my swing a lot. We completely rebuilt it in 2018. Um, I had already been playing professionally for about two years at that point. 
little bit of success, a couple like one day tournament wins here and there, but overall not that impressive. And I was willing to just scrap everything. We completely threw my swing in the trash can, restarted, kind of went with like the wolf style, steep to shallow rerouting move. And so he helped me a lot with that, but even more so than that was the confidence um, type of coaching that he gave me. My issue, I know you guys know me that well, but my issue, at least if I were to self-diagnose it, has always been um, insecurities and lack of self-confidence. And and I, I find ways to like self-sabotage myself by being just, you know, worried about what other people think, um, definitely people-pleasing tendencies and things that are like good in terms of being a good person and, ha- you know, having a, a nice impact in the world. But if you're talking about being a competitive athlete, almost all of the most successful ones kind of have some like edge and grip to them where they may not say it in an interview, but you know, deep down, like they think they're the shit. (laughs) They literally pull up in the parking lot and they're like, why are you guys even here? Like, I'm going to smash all of you. And I never really, that wasn't ever in my heart. And so being around people like George that kind of have that aura to them, but again, in a very nice way, like you would meet him and you would love him. He's the coolest guy ever, Mm -hmm. but he's really tried to help me as well as a lot of the other winners that hang around in Westlake that he coaches, try to help me you know, beef up a little bit that confidence and and some of that, like, you know, remove some of that nice, like have a switch basically, like go on the course. course. Okay. Now now I'm the man and then step off the course and you can still dap everyone up, be super cool and humble and all that. So I would say, you know, even though he's a coach, he has mentored me a lot as well. Gotcha. Yeah. You gotta have that. And my parents, my parents as well. Oh yeah, of course. Gotta love that. Gotta shout them out. If you had the opportunity to choose one golfer to play with or pick as a scramble partner, who would it be and why? Um, I got asked this on a podcast two days ago. So if anyone's listening to this as a repeat, I'm sorry, but uh, Tiger Woods, the most generic boring answer ever, but I'm a part of the generation that grew up idolizing him. Um, Most of everything I've done in my life was on the, inspiration of tiger and kobe those are my two you know two yeah. idols wow. so i would love to play with him yeah those are two good idols i mean uh, i mean i don't know who else i'd pick those two Mamba forever yeah yes, sir. <laughs> uh i gotta ask you uh what is your all-time craziest mini tour story okay um man all right so it's not I mean, I can, I can say a couple of this, this one's not directly about like something that happened to me, but one of my best friends on the Dakotas tour um, definitely has a reputation for being like the John Daly of this level, super dominant has, has one player of the year before, and also has the ability to get pretty hammered. Like most nights, even on tournament nights, even when he's in the lead, it, it just makes him better. It's like the more beers he has and the worse he feels in the morning, the better he is. And so there was a night that we, uh, we're at a, a strip club in one of the towns and stayed out super late. He was in like, I, whether he was in the lead or very close to it, he was very much in the hunt for this tournament. Um, and I, I had already missed the cut. So for me, it was like, not really, I wasn't being reckless or anything. I was like, hey, you're out of the tournament anyway, go have some fun with your friends. But if I was in his shoes for me personally, I probably would have been wanting to go to bed, you know, get rested up all nervous about the tournament but he's just a legend like that and didn't care. So we stayed out till, I don't know, man, three, four. And we were sharing a host house together as well. Dude would have not showed up to the tournament if it were not for me. I, I, we were uh, in the basement. He had a room, I had a room and I could hear this dude's alarm going off at like 7 a.m. And I'm thinking like, when are you going to wake up, bro? Like you got to, I don't know exactly how early you want to be there, but you probably need to stop hitting snooze. 
and uh, eventually opened the door, going to his room. Like he's out, lights are out, dude. Like he is not hearing the alarm. And so I shake him and I'm like, you know, help, help tidy him up and get him to the course. Um, he goes on to win, of course. Oh, and yeah. afterwards, uh, like, you know, you know, I'm calling him like, hey, man, where's my cut, bro? Like you would have not even showed up if it weren't for me. <laughs> but I mean, that's just like classic mini tour stuff right there where obviously golf is one of the few sports where like drinking and degeneracy is like heavily intertwined with great performers, right? Even, even at the highest levels, it may be less uh, shown in the media, but there's a lot of guys that are pretty good at blending those two lifestyles. And I don't know any other sport, basketball, football, I seriously doubt that like in season, those guys are able to really party very much. Obviously off season is a different thing, but golf is just this unique sport. And especially at the mini tour level, at least my experience these last six years, I have seen some incredible feats of guys, you know, burning it on both ends, right? Staying out late, going crazy, having fun, exploring these new towns, and then also shooting 61s and twos and hoisting trophies. It's, it's crazy. You touched on a little bit about basketball and football, but we both have been playing ball our entire life. And I also heard you're a little bit of a hooper yourself. What is your favorite NBA team and who's your favorite NBA player of all time? Lakers and Kobe. Um, again, being the LA kid, you know, growing up here my whole life. Uh, and I'm, I'm probably a little older than you guys. So I grew up during the time where the Lakers won back-to-back championships, I believe in like 09 and 10. And this was just at the height of Kobe's glory. I think there was one season where he had like seven game winners in the same season. And it was just, I mean, I'm at home with my family screaming at the TV like twice a week because of some epic game going down that Kobe's going to eventually have a game winner in. And I mean, it was inspiring. I played everything growing up, you know, basketball, baseball, soccer. Um, and California water polo is a big deal as well. And that actually was like probably my best sport over golf up until maybe age 15. And I kind of specialized in golf and, and drowned everything else out. But Definitely uh, was just a humongous, like diehard Laker fan. And I went to Cal Poly San Luis Obispo for college, which the the geography of uh, California is that LA is on the bottom, San Francisco is on the top, and then San Luis Obispo is dead in the middle on the coast. And so we had this like, and it was a big school too, like 25,000 kids. So we had this melting pot of huge San Francisco sports fans, like, you know, the Warriors and the the Giants for baseball. And then down south, it was L.A., Dodgers and Lakers. And I never realized until I went to college, like how much beef there was between the two. And man, it, we had to like pick it was almost like gang warfare, dude. You had to like pick a side and wear your team's jerseys all across campus and like beef with the other guy. But it was fun. And I enjoyed being a part of that. And uh, it's not the same anymore. The Lakers is it's still cool and it's there's obviously still a great dynasty, but um it was fun while it lasted. Great part of my my youth. <laughs> you got LeBron, though. you got the Braun extension. This is true, man. This is true. Yeah, Lakers are still crazy, crazy stacked with talent. Um, a little bit of like a a, a disappointment that they haven't been more competitive in, in spite of who they've had on the team, but hopefully that changes soon. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I think they're going in the right direction. I think so. We'll see with Anthony Davis back and stuff. But yeah, uh, we also wanted to ask you, um, how many golf balls do you hit per day, actually? <laughs> um, I mean, a, a practice day, so like a non-tournament day, uh, I try to get three buckets. And then one of them is just like wedges and stuff. So not necessarily like driver ripping, you know, fucking 300 balls a day or anything. 
there are levels to it. There are some people that, that need to hit more balls. I feel like I'm one of them. Um, if I just play every single day, I feel like I get kind of out, out of touch with my swing. So uh, it is important to me to hit a lot of balls, but on a stretch, like I just had this summer on the Dakotas tour with so many consecutive tournaments, I'm sure for people listening, they probably don't know what that is. The Dakotas tour is a, a mini tour that has about 17 tournaments in a row in about 11 weeks. So it's a very rapid paced tour. It's just, and it's in four different States too. So it's like play three days, get in a car drive, practice round, play another three days, get in a car drive, practice round, like play to, it's just boom, 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 boom. So very little time to practice. So I kind of stuttered on that answer. Cause I was trying to think like, man, when's the last time I even practiced? I've just been playing tournaments, tournament, tournaments, but um, off season trying to, you know, work on things. Two, two, three buckets is, you know, that's kind of my zone. Gotcha. All right. Our next question. We've been following you for around a month now and we couldn't help but to notice your success on TikTok. It's unbelievable. How important would you say consistency is to the success? Um, it's everything. So when I was growing that, which was 2020, um, I was posting, you know, probably 10 videos a day on average. And, you know, if anyone uses TikTok here, you, you probably understand that it's a different platform than, than Instagram and YouTube that if you were to post 10 YouTube videos a day, that would be like nuts. But on TikTok, almost everybody posts because it's just short videos and everyone's kind of trying to get more chances to go viral and spread their message. And it's a platform that doesn't really show, your videos to your own audience that much. It's more so like on the FYP to new people every time. So you're almost just cuffing yourself to not just keep posting, keep posting, keep posting. And in 2020, um, obviously you guys haven't been following me for that long, but I quit golf. Uh, I was thinking like, I just couldn't break through to the levels that I wanted to. And was trying to think of other things to do in life. And social media was just like, on, on the top of the podium because it felt like an opportunity to try to grow a community, connect with people, have an impact in the world. And I knew these were all things that I probably held as like a higher value than golf. Like any, any 62 I could shoot or any tournament I could win just didn't seem as important as a potential to take advantage of living in this current world where you can literally amass millions of people to follow you if you have a, a message to spread. And and I felt like in 2020, I was like, man, I don't even have TikTok, but I, there's never been an opportunity like this to grow a large audience. I'm kind of late on YouTube, kind of late on Instagram, just slowly growing. But if I really dive in and I did, I freaking sat in my room for like three months, just making TikToks, the dumbest stuff, just trying to figure it out, humble myself, take myself like age down a little bit and figure out how to speak that language. And I did. Eventually it snapped. And by the end of 2020, we were like over a million followers. And then that kind of validated that I could figure out how to make content. And I just had to start to learn the different language of each platform. But that gave me the seed funding and credibility of like, okay, this is an influencer right here. He's can do brand deals. And then a management team came in and then I've kind of refined my message over the years to be you know, at the time in 2020, a lot of my stuff was just kind of like goofy, um, a lot of party stuff. I was living in Hollywood. I was going out running into celebrities and a lot of drinking and it was fun. It really was. I was having a good time. Um, and then eventually I was like, okay, I got this sick platform now and I know I can do something with it and I know I can monetize it. Like I don't, I don't need to work side jobs anymore. This is my job. Gone are the days of like trying to bartend or caddy. Like this is what I'm doing. I'm a video creator, but I do want to help the world in some way. I do have more to offer than, than just entertainment. And I have goals of my own and I, I miss chasing those. I kind of put everything on hold. 
built this platform, but now I kind of miss golf. I kind of feel like that needs to be in my life. And so last year I did dip back into the pro golf after like a year and a half off, you know, kind of came out of retirement. And now we're trying to blend the two, which is the version of me you guys see. I'm, I'm trying to chase my goals and then let that pursuit be the story I'm telling to hopefully, you know, either educate in some way or inspire or just help as many people as I can kind of go after their own shit too. Yeah. Love yeah. it. Uh, yeah. With society, as we know, it's starting to focus more on mental health. How important would you say uh, taking care of uh, taking care of your mental health is to success on the tour in uh, the different events you play in? Yeah, great question. Um, I honestly think it's the number one thing, and I may be one of the few people right now to say that. I think most people, if you ask them, like, what's the key to success in golf, would would talk about like, oh, you know, it's driving or it's putting or it's chipping or what's the key to success in anything in life? I think most people would get into the technical details of, of the skills related to that. I genuinely believe that mental health is like number one above everything else. Um, I don't know what your guys' background is, but I can speak from my experience and say that when you don't have good mental health, you can't do anything. You know, I don't care what your <laughs> training is like. It's like, if you don't feel, I'm not saying you gotta be like, up all day every day that's obviously not normal but if you're not in like a stable emotional place where you can see things in the world clearly and and make logical decisions and you can enjoy simple things like going for a walk or conversation with friends if you're in a just a terrible place where the world is gray and everything sucks and it's hard to get the motivation to get out of bed and you can't stop binge eating or whatever addictions you're struggling like if you don't fix that type of shit first you know, you're, you're just fighting with one arm behind your back. And if you're a very strong person, you may make some progress, but it's so much easier if you just put the effort in and it's simple things too. I'm learning. Um, I would say it's, you know, been maybe four or five years that I've been fairly, um, adamant about learning about mental health and self-improvement and it's a lifelong journey. So I have a long way to go, but some of the cores, core fundamentals that most people would agree with that help clean up mental health is like reducing your your use of your cell phone and, and extremely stimulating things right like tv netflix um just fast-paced instant gratification living social media trying to slow down on that and then kind of ramp up um time time alone time in nature meditating if that's your thing or just simply reading or writing about you know it sounds dumb but like writing about your, your feelings or your thoughts on the day or writing your goals down um all of these things, and, and also like nutrition, exercise, drinking water, just basic things that we all know, but it's, it's very easy to ignore. But the impact that they can have when you stack those habits together, stack the good ones together, remove the negative ones, no joke, dude, it could take like one to two weeks and you could go from like this horridly depressed pile of shit to like feeling like you can take over the world. Cause I, I've gone through that transformation time and time and time again. And, uh, so I genuinely, and that's a lot of what I try to build into my content. And really it's not, it's just me living my life and doing what I think I need to do to become my best. And then that's what is easiest for me to film videos about. And so that's kind of what it, it, it's coming out as right now is like, Hey, this is like a holistic approach to golf that also includes taking care of mental health, taking care of physical health, and just trying to all around be a beast in life. And then the byproduct of that is you'll also get better at golf or any other goal you have. So I, I don't know if it's necessarily the most 
you know, mainstream approach yet, but my hope is, is that I can move that conversation forward and more and more people can start to feel good and be taking care of themselves, healthy habits, and maybe reducing that um, pedestal that golf is on. Most of us golfers, especially people playing in college or at the professional level, are so hyper obsessed to get to that level of skill that we lose perspective of you know, the meaning and purpose of life. And like, it's not all golf, dude. Like, it's cool to be all in on it. And I respect that. But like, if you're doing it to the exclusion of taking care of yourself and like being a happy person off the golf course, then it's not a long-term sustainable thing. And I don't want that for anyone. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, no, I really, I really love like that entire answer. I mean, personally, I've been having to, I've been struggling, but I'm finally on the come up and all those things, taking like going through nature, taking time alone, just doing all these things, even meditating. That's personally it hasn't worked for me, but writing down stuff in a journal or something like that is amazing for me personally. And I want to start pushing that message just as much as you do. And this is the change that we need to be seeing. And everyone needs to start taking care of themselves. And I think that's really important. And I love the way that you just brought that and spoke about it. I really, I loved it all. And for one of our last questions, I just had to say this. <laughs> you're decently shredded. I would say that you love fitness, but obviously not as much as me. Obviously, you aren't. Let's go, dude. Let's go. Let's go. Come on, baby. All right. Let's go. We have a mug off here. Are we doing Let's it? Let's get, get take that shirt off right now. Get it off. Get it off. Get it off. Yo, should we have a pull-up contest? You guys got a pull-up bar? I mean, are we going to the pull-up bar? Let's run it. Let's do it. Where is it? Uh, oh, they put the pull-up bar away. Oh, no. I got my oh, we can run some push-ups. Let's run some push-ups. Push push okay. <laughs> We're going down. We're doing it. Oh, We're doing man. it. All right, all right, all right. I'm going down as soon as you are. All right, let's go. One, two, two three, four, five, six. Seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. I'm not stopping. 10, I promise. 14, I've been 15, here. 16, 17, 18. I've been at like 40. What are you talking about? <laughs> oh, damn. You're going faster than me? 24, 25, 26, 27, 28, 29, 30, 31, 32. Oh, I think he stopped out. He stopped it out. <laughs> Is it? Is it? 30, 39, 40, 41, oh. 42, oh, 43. All right, I'm stopping. Oh. 44. Stopping. He's stopping. I do out. think I did way more. What do you add? You know? This is not fair. <laughs> you were going much slower. Yeah, not okay, fair. okay. Damn. Let's get back to it. I know you're a quick, quick Let's young boy like that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> hey man, thank you for the, put back the, on your shirt. I'm going to. <laughs> thank you for the, the sick chest pump we just got for yeah off of nice adrenaline right there. <laughs> that was lit. Hey, good job. If you did win, we'll have to we'll go to the, the tapes. Let the viewers count. We'll, the we'll count it out. <laughs> I got to work on my push-ups. I feel like for as much as I lift weights, I should be able to do like 100 in a row or something. Now I got my UF. Obviously. Yeah. Damn. I honestly, I think that's, hat. 
that you could get on BorisGolf.com using okay. code GIMME18 for 18% yeah. off. Shout out, GIMME18. Yeah. You guys know uh, one of my sponsors is Full oh, hey. oh. Let's yeah. run it. <laughs> they got some cool stuff, man. They're really uh, definitely on the come up. Let me close my door real quick. Sorry. Yo, you're good. <laughs> that was awesome, bro. That was awesome. Yeah, no, that was crazy. That was, that was awesome. awesome. Rip the wifey. I didn't know he was going to rip it. That was impressive. <laughs> yeah. Um, now we have our last uh, segment of the show. Uh, it's called Explain that Instagram slash TikTok, TikTok post. We went back through your Instagram and TikTok account and we found two different videos. One, slash video. Photo, one video and one photo on from each and we're going to show them to you. We want to kind of have your reaction slash explanation behind the video. All right. Let's start with the picture first. Yeah. Let's see what you think. <laughs> okay. So this was a two, two years, two and a half years ago. Um, I was on my way to the waste management to just cause a ruckus out there. I had like 10 friends coming with me sensational weekend. And I literally thought of this on my, this is outside of my parents' house on the way out of town. I was like, what could I do? Cause I think I had some like brand deal photos to take when I got there and like someone's polo or t-shirt or something. I think it was blue tees, shout out blue tees. And, um, I was like, what can I do to like, make sure that I get on TV as well. And, um, so I, I wrote this sign, took a picture, mobbed eight hours out there. And then as soon as I got there, they were like no signs and they took it from me. And I was like, what? I feel like there's signs everywhere on the 16th green. Like you gotta be kidding me, but they wouldn't let me take it in. So it didn't even make it, but um, you know, it was a nice Instagram photo and uh, the whole trip was lit. Super fun. Loved it. Yeah, no. <laughs> All right. Legalize the mulligans. Legalize them. Yeah. <laughs> I forgot about that one, dude. And I guess, I don't know if you forgot about this one, but let's see. <laughs> yeah dude that's my best friend gustavo miranda since second grade my my best friend on the whole planet that's him that's his girlfriend too this is their house in scottsdale um so we went to high school together after school his family moved to arizona so anytime i go to arizona this actually this was i think this last year during the waste management trip again I, i've gone like three or four years in a row it's just too fun to not go and he's an absolute animal such clown such a fun guy he went to asu uh and then he actually now is a in the doctorate program at the university of uh, arizona living in tucson so much uh, much smarter than he looks in this video but we were just on a bender i think i even brought him with me to the waste management the day before and uh yeah i'm sure we were all definitely inebriated and i was just telling him to do something stupid <laughs> that was hilarious yeah. when we were scrolling through we were just die laughing that's, that's not a good one yeah <laughs> all right now here's our final question when can the gimme's podcast me and danny play you in a 2v1 scramble in person that's obviously yeah that would be a blast man um this the second that i either am in florida or you guys are here or we can be in the same state at some point in time, it would be a blast, man. I'm all about trying to meet people in person that you know we've connected with online and play. So you shouted out Blue Tees. You shouted out Full Wedge. Full Wedge. Any other social media, any other brand deals you got to shout out while you're up here? 
Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll definitely shout out the core. I have like a, a team of brands that have been heavily supporting me this year. And uh, I have a lot of stuff coming up. Like I mentioned, flying to Italy pretty soon. And if that goes well, I'll be in, in Europe a lot more, playing more over there. Um, no matter what happens, I'm going to definitely keep playing, definitely keep making content. So right now the team is Full Wedge Golf. It is Golo Shot, which is like a supplement with a little caffeine and a little bit of alcohol. They're pretty cool. And then it's um, Know Your Carry, which is like a platform that sponsors professional golfers like myself. He he, uh, has some investment backers that are putting up money into a pool. And then each year he's he's going out and finding some talented male and female pro athletes, um, golfers to sponsor. So Full Wedge, Golo, Carry. And then there is a chiropractor named Dr. Roy Nissum. And uh, he has a website called findapainspecialist.com. And his whole mission is to help athletes and regular people, obviously, you know, live and, and play pain-free. And he's got like a site that basically you just, you fill out a little form and say like, hey, my shoulder's hurting. And then his whole team figures out where you're from and what physicians are in your area and like the best price points. And it's just like a one-stop shop to be like, Google, I'm injured, help. And then his site is like, perfect. This is the cheapest place to go. Go to talk to this guy right now. Get yourself right. Um, so I know that was a lot, but hopefully uh, if someone, if any of those things relate to someone listening, you know, check, check them out. Cause I definitely stand by those people. They're, they're all good people. You got to send them our way too. And yeah, give me his podcast. <laughs> yeah. uh, thank you so much, Alex, for your time. We appreciate it. Uh, good luck in Italy, man. Go out there and kill it. You're going uh, to be cheering for you. You have Thank no, you. we have no worry. You're going to go out there. You'll be in Europe way more. And you know yeah. what? We appreciate you so much. We love your energy. Keep bringing that message that you give and keep bringing it. So we're looking forward to seeing you in person one day. And yeah, we're looking forward to the scramble, the 2v1. And I mean, I didn't do a little bit more push shows than you, but we'll go to the table. <laughs> okay. Thanks so much. We appreciate you. We can't even thank you enough. Absolutely. Thank you. I had a great time. Thank you, boys.